Happy day, Rosario Garcia with Why Jesus, hoping that you are having a great day, that you are looking for the sunshine today, even if the sun does not rise or shine, shall I say. Um, that perspective always helps me have a much better day than I would otherwise, so Focus on the good around you and not the bad because the bad usually outweighs the good and it can make us frantic and fearful and fear does not come from God nor confusion. He is a God of order, a God of peace. And so most definitely, if we want to feel that peace and that order or understanding in our lives, then we have to look for the things of God rather than of the things that are happening around us, although that impacts us greatly. So hope your day is a beautiful, happy, blessed day for you and your family. So here we are doing the Come Follow Me manual and this is uh, the New Testament uh, reading from two years ago and so uh, today's section focuses on week of January 14th through the 20th and it covers the book of Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 2. Uh, this is the birth of the Savior, and the title is Come, We Have Come to Worship Him. And I always like the titles because they help me reflect. How do I worship Him is what I took from this title. And how do I come to worship him? Um, and so, these are great stories um, that have helped me see an insight, a little bit more focused and different than I have about the birth of the Savior. So, it says here, From the day of his birth, it was clear that Jesus was no ordinary child. It wasn't just the new star in the heavens or the joyous angelic proclamation that made Jesus' infancy unique. It was also the fact that such a variety of faithful people from different nations, professions, and backgrounds felt immediately drawn to him. Even before he uttered his invitation to come follow me, they came. Not everyone came to him, of course. There were many who paid him no notice, and a jealous ruler even sought his life. But the humble, pure, devoted seekers of righteousness found what they were seeking in him. Their devotion inspires our own for the good tidings of great joy brought to the shepherds were for all people and the Savior which is Christ the Lord was born that day unto all of us so 
we're going to hopefully understand a little bit better as to um, how we worship him ourselves. Uh, there are four examples in these readings of people that were waiting for him and his birth that knew the Savior would be born and they worshipped him even though he was not here yet. And for us, we know that he came, was here, left the legacy of peace and love and compassion and forgiveness and everything else and he left and he promised to be back and we're waiting for his second coming so this is going to be a fabulous uh, way of understanding where we're at and worshiping our Savior uh, there are four topics and uh, the first one Jesus Christ was born in uh, in humble circumstances the second one there are many witnesses of the birth of Christ. The third one, parents can receive revelation to protect their families. And the fourth one, even as a youth, Jesus was focused on doing his Father's will. So it's a jam-packed, lesson that I urge all of you uh, who are seeking to find strength in these days, seeking to find truth, to find answers to the chaos and confusion and the horrible things that are happening in the world. Uh, this is the way to do it. And so for all of you out there, Come Follow Me is available online at LDS.org. Do a search under libraries for the New Testament of Come Follow Me. And you can read, um, trying to go along with the week you are living in. And you can also find it at uh, downloading the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints app. Do a library search for Come Follow Me, the New Testament, individuals and families, and then you look for the week we are covering. So, I wanted to focus a little bit right now on talking about the different kinds of worshipers that were mentioned in these two sh chapters to figure out what type of worshiper you are or want to be or find yourself close to being. Um, I have, um, it says here, first of all, we're going to contemplate the fact that Jesus Christ was born in humble circumstances. And it says, although Jesus Christ had glory with God the Father before the world was, he was willing to be born in the lowly circumstances and live among us on earth. What do you notice about the humble circumstances of his birth? Try to identify a detail or insight in this story that you hadn't noticed before. What have you learned about the Savior from the circumstances of his birth? 
And how do these insights affect your feelings toward him? Well, first of all, Jesus Christ was, his birth was first announced to his future mother, Mary, who was not married yet, um, young girl, and so basically she was going to become a young, pregnant mother um, to be. So, you know, you think about all these single mothers out there, um, how difficult life has been or is. And so Jesus originally um, came under those circumstances, although his circumstances later changed because Joseph uh, was also taught from on high that he should marry Mary uh, and become the stepfather, per se, um, or a blended family um, as part of Jesus' life. And Joseph was a devoted man of faith who followed God's command and married Mary and raised Jesus. So think about it, single mother, then into a blended family, born in a manger with no crib for a bed, uh, but straw and, you know, in a stable with um, the farm animals of the area. I mean, he left everything for us. He was willing to come here and have absolutely nothing. Not a home, because he didn't come to a home at the beginning. It was, he came to a manger. That was his hospital bed. And so you think, wow, compared to what we've had and how we've given birth and what our circumstances were, those were quite difficult circumstances that he came, very humble circumstances. And so for me, it was like he left thrones, his father's love and comfort to come and show us his love for us. So that is very humbling for me to, to read and to see the videos. There's great videos here that announce how the shepherds found out about his birth. Um, it is just humbling and it gives me no room to complain, can I just say? When I want to complain about my circumstances, I think, well, Jesus truly descended below all my circumstances. He didn't have to, but he did it to show me how much he loves me. And then I can overcome 
the whining, complaining, and accept his love for me and accept that he can be with me in difficult times. And that gives me courage to overcome my current circumstances. So I am grateful that he did come as humble and in the circumstances that he did because it leaves no room for me to complain about anything I go through. Um, and it helps me and strengthens me. So um, we're going to compare how there were many witnesses of the birth of Christ. It says here, the birth and infancy of Christ were marked by witnesses and worshipers from many walks of life, humble shepherds who visited the stable, wealthy wise men who brought his gifts to his home, a widow who served in the temple, and a faithful disciple who anxiously anticipated the coming Messiah. So it says here, as you explore these stories, what do you learn about ways to worship and witness of Christ? This was very humbling for me to try and figure out where I am as a worshiper and um, I believe to me, when I was reading this, the humble shepherds who visited him in the stable represent all of the hardworking men and women in the world, the working class, the farmers, you name it, all the hardest working people in the world, um, humble, humble people in the world. Um, and then the wealthy wise men who brought his to his, gifts to his home represent the learned, the wealthy, those that have supposedly everything that they could have and want in the world, um, yet are humble enough to still live in a way and worship in a way that God can guide and direct them to understanding that they are not above anyone, that there is their maker and their Lord who they are to worship still despite their power in the world. Um, and then the widow who served in the temple, the widow to me represents a couple of things. Uh, one, the single mothers out there, the widows, those that have been left behind to their own, but yet live righteously and under their circumstances are still willing to give everything they have. And they also, to me, represent the lonely, those people that feel that they have been forgotten left behind, that don't feel they have a whole lot of worth in the world, um, those that get mocked and bullied, just overall the people that get targeted for no reason other than their humble circumstances or their um, whatever, lack of fitting into the world. And so that to me 
shows me that these people, who I've been one of them many times um, in different circumstances, that they are desperately seeking for love and acceptance and belonging, and that they are able to find that strength, that love and belonging with the Savior. And so that's who the widow represents to me. And then um, the uh, man who lived all his life um, righteously, who was guided by the Holy Ghost to know of the Savior's birth, even when there was no sign of him ever coming, even at the time that he was on earth, for him to witness, he was giving the given the privilege of knowing that the Savior was here and that he could see him before he left his earthly life. And so Simeon, who was guided to go to the temple at the time that Mary and Joseph were bringing the, Jesus to be presented at the temple, um, to me, he represents someone that lived his life and worshipped him his whole life, willing to die without ever witnessing his birth, his power, his love, his miracles, his examples, because he knew his faith was so strong that it did not matter what he went through in life. He knew of the blessings that would come uh, to him even after he was gone because of the birth of the Savior. So those are the different kinds of worshipers that there are. And where do you fit in? Where do I find myself to be? I can definitely tell you that I found myself to be in almost all of them. I'm not going to claim to be wealthy and wise because I am not. But I definitely am part of the world, have been tempted of the world to focus on the materialistic things of the world rather than on the worthy and most important things in the world, which are God, our Savior, family, country, community. Um, I've definitely been part of the world. Um, and I have a picture frame in my home that has um, Jesus being presented to Simeon at the temple and it says wise men still seek him and I love that saying because in today's world we all still need to seek him 
if we choose not to seek him, we are not wise. We are not wise. Despite our education, our college, or expertise, or whatever we want to claim to our fame, we are not wise if we choose not to worship him. And so I find myself needing to be a better worshiper of God and my Savior and in showing them my gratitude for the gifts of life they have given me, the gift of living on this beautiful earth despite all the chaos that's going on, the gift of family, whether it's dysfunctional or not, whether I was born in a perfect family or not, whether I was born of rape or some horrible circumstances or not, I still am here, whether I lived as an aborted child or not, it does not matter. We are here, and that is a gift, a gift. And for us to learn from this life those things that will change our nature in a way that we become a little bit more like God, a little bit more like Christ in in how we show love and compassion and empathy to others and help them through their trials. That's what they did. That's what they do. And so our testing here in life are to help us be more like them in that way instead of just focusing on ourselves, focusing on the materialistic things and temptations of the world. We are here to learn to control our bodies our mind, our passions, our will, so that we become more like them and are deserving of living with them after this life. I don't know about you, but that inspires me and gives me strength and hope for a better world. Um, I am thankful for these examples that I have of strength and hope in these last days because we are going through hard days, but we're not alone. We are never alone. And when you think about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, I don't know what your sins are versus mine. I don't know what my sins are versus murderers and liars and total deceivers and devil worshipers and you name it, whatever is out there. I just know that Jesus paid the price for all of that. And he's willing to erase all of that if we follow him and come and accept him through the waters of baptism to receive cleansing and purification by receiving the Holy Ghost to guide us in these last days to enlighten us, to find truth, 
among deceivers to lighten us as to who do we choose as a leader for our country to give us the strength to stand up to righteousness even though the rest are not or that we may be persecuted if we don't whatever it is that we are living they are here to give us strength through it all and we literally cannot do it without them and so that leads me to the last part of this lesson which says parents can receive revelation to protect their families powerful powerful it says joseph never could have done what he was asked to do to protect jesus in his childhood without heaven's help like the wise men he received a revelation that warned him of danger as you read about joseph's experience think about physical and spiritual dangers that face fam families today ponder experiences when you have felt god's guidance in protecting you and your family or loved ones and consider sharing those experiences with others what can you do to receive such guidance in the future I love this section because I am here to tell you that parents in particular, because they have such a high responsibility to raise their children in righteousness, because we will be held accountable before Jesus what we did with our children whether we chose to bring him closer to him or away from him, we will be held accountable. That is a high calling, the highest calling in the world, the highest profession, the highest expertise, the highest everything in this earth is to be a parent. We have a holy calling to raise these beautiful, priceless children to righteousness so that they can then turn around and be the great leaders of the world. So as parents, we can be blessed to receive revelation or guidance to protect our families, our children. And I want to say, that I can testify to you without a shadow of a doubt that I've experienced this in my life many, many times. That my children have been protected, that I've been guided on what to do, not necessarily knowing very clearly every step of the way, but knowing that I'm supposed to take this plunge into this unseemingly chaotic situation and go with faith and know that it will turn out. I've faced many of those and as I've chosen to show courage in stepping into those situations, God has guided me every step of the way, one step at a time, because that's all that I could handle. And 
putting all those steps together, I can see how he guided me through many, many of my life circumstances with my children and that he has given me the strength to overcome all the trials and pain and sorrows that I've gone through and has helped me to know when he has protected my children from evil, from things that were around them, I have been given that thought, that certainty that he protected them at a time that I was completely unaware that they needed to be protected. And so I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is here to guide us, especially parents, if we seek to worship him and we seek to accept the gift that he has given us through his son, Jesus Christ, so that we can overcome. And so now more than ever, we need that guidance. You can see how the world is falling before our eyes. These leaders that we have so wrongly selected to serve us don't care about us. All they care about is greed, their life their circumstances, their pocketbooks, their agendas of how they want to make this world a vision of their eyes, not a vision of God. And so here we are. We've given them all the power and they've thrown it at our face in taking away our liberties and inciting anger and hatred towards each other. That's how you know they're not true leaders. A true leader is Jesus Christ who came to show us love, mercy, empathy. Who gave us all the miracles that one could ever hope for to see on how we are supposed to take care of each other and look for and pray for and fast and live to do the will of God at all times for with God we will have a better life here while we're here and most definitely in the life to come so I hope that you my friends out there my brothers and sisters because that's what you literally are to me we are one big family under God, no matter what color, what race, what education, what background, what nothing. We are all children of God. And He wants to guide and direct us, but we need to let Him do it. And He can only do that by us coming to them and doing as they have asked. And that is to accept, repent of all our wrongdoings, wash ourselves away through baptism, purify ourselves through the gift of the Holy Ghost, 
so that the gift of the Holy Ghost can then guide us during these hard times to make it back to our heavenly home. I hope and pray that you find joy in this message of hope in this horrible, chaotic circumstances we find ourselves in right now. And so, my friends, I hope that this lesson has been of worth to you as much as it's been to me and has inspired me. And so, for now, this is Rosa O. Garcia with Why Jesus.